While there's no doubt that COVID-19 was the dominant issue in the trucking industry during 2020, there were still significant changes in trucking regulations during the year. With the COVID vaccine now being administered, plus a new presidential administration and Congress taking office, don't be surprised if the pace, tone, and number of trucking regulations changes in 2021. This is the Eyes on the Road podcast presented by PrePass Safety Alliance, the provider of PrePass way station bypass and toll payment services. PrePass also includes informed software for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. Online at prepass.com. I'm Evan Lockridge. With each new year, there's always a lot of prognosticating and wondering in trucking about the regulatory environment. Four years ago, as control of the presidency changed, such speculating naturally increased. Once again, we're at a point in time where there will be thousands of new people in government positions, including at the Transportation Department and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. Add to this the administration of Joe Biden is Democratic, replacing the Republican administration of Donald Trump. Plus, the Democratic Party now controls both chambers of Congress for the first time in a decade. Whether or not you like the way the elections turned out, one thing is without argument. Change in how the government regulates trucking is on the way. Joining me to discuss what the regulatory landscape for trucking looks like in 2021 is former Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration Deputy Administrator Warren Heyman. Warren served in the number two position with the agency during much of the George W. Bush years. These days, he's a consultant for PrePass. Warren, it's good to talk with you. Evan, great to be with you. Before we look at what's in store for 2021, I first want to look back at the year that was, so to speak. Warren, what are the most significant trucking regulations, including proposals, we saw from FMCSA in 2020? Well, as everyone is aware, uh, 2020 was dominated by COVID-19 and all the adjustments we had to make as a society and also as uh, motor carriers and drivers. FMCSA put out six national emergency declarations affecting hours of service and what could be carried under those exceptions. Uh, And what is often out out of view of motor carriers and drivers is FMCSA also had to work with the states and law enforcement to make sure they were following through exactly the same for uniformity and clarity across the country. COVID aside, it's probably best in 2020 to look at what didn't happen and what did happen. What didn't happen was Real ID. Real ID was to go into effect last October 1. It's been delayed now to October 1 of 2021. Similarly, the entry-level driver training was to go into effect this February. It now goes into effect February 7th of 2022. What also didn't happen was we expected from FMCSA a decision on the uh, CSA program, compliance, safety, and accountability, particularly the use of the item response theory, IRT. FMCSA said they'd come out in September with that decision. Nothing has been said whatsoever on that. Now, what did happen in 2020, clearly number one was the hours of service changes that FMCSA announced and went into effect in September. Also that happened uh, in 2020 was the Crash Preventability Determination Program. It is in effect, motor carriers and drivers can now submit crashes to say that they were completely non-preventable. Finally, the big thing in 2020 was the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse went into effect last January 6th. 
And now all reports on drug testing must go to that clearinghouse and FMCSA has already on a monthly basis announced how many violations are being shown in the clearinghouse records. Warren, you mentioned three things from 2020, real ID, entry-level driver training, and the use of item response theory, IRT, in the Compliance Safety and Accountability Program. For people who may not be familiar with any of those, can you explain a little bit more? Okay, let's start with real ID. Real ID was a follow-on from the attack that was happened on the Twin Towers in New York City, where the terrorists used weaknesses in our driver licensing system. So the proposal that came out of Congress was that we have to have enhanced security if we're boarding an aircraft or in other uh, instances like going to a nuclear facility or a federal building on business. That was to go into effect this past October But because of COVID-19, many of the state licensing agency offices were closed, could not have people coming in. So Real ID was delayed until October of 2021. Entry-level driver training was an FMCSA effort to bring consistency and uniformity to how truck drivers are trained across the states. Now the training occurs at the state level. So FMCSA told the states in this rule that they had to report the status of the entry-level driver trainee. You know, what is he complete or she completed? The problem was, as we've seen in other federal regulations, state computers and federal computers may not talk to each other very well. So portions of that entry-level driver training rule were delayed until February of 2022. And then FMCSA, upon request by everybody involved, said, hey, just put off the whole rule until 2022. For So don't go about it on a piecemeal basis. Item response theory is, is a a mathematical program that was designed to bring some certainty to the determinations FMCSA made on the safety of motor carriers in the CSA program. IRT has been used in other uh, programs as well. However, it requires a whole lot of data, which FMCSA at this point has not been able to obtain because In many instances, that data, the motor carriers were saying, hey, this is private or this is competitive data. And without that data, IRT could not go through at this time. But we'll be coming back and talking about that later. One final item about 2020 I want to ask you about. Uh, The issue of speed limiters on trucks suddenly coming back on the radar after it pretty much disappeared during much of the Trump administration. What happened? It sure did. Speed limiters or speed governors, however you want to phrase that, were included by FMCSA as a requirement in some of the pilot programs, particularly the under-21 driver pilot program. This shows that even under the Trump administration, which was uh, adverse, let's say, to issuing new regulations, speed limiters were now on their mind. And as we will discuss, Uh, they'll be clearly under the mind of the Biden administration. Do you envision with the FMCSA being overseen by the Biden administration and going back and changing trucking regulations or canceling rules or proposals that were made under the Trump administration? We certainly saw a lot of regulations from the Obama era reversed under the Trump administration. 
And yes, this happens with every change of administration because you get a different political perspective on what should be in place. With the Biden administration, we fully expect there'll be more of a government-centric viewpoint that government should dictate what should happen. Under the Trump administration, it was more, let's give some parameters and let business make those decisions. So we have seen, and it's been covered in the media, that the so-called midnight rules, the changes any administration makes in their, their waning days, will come under particular scrutiny by the Biden administration. Now, some of that is just a matter of timing. Things come up at the end of administration. Others are to carry out that political agenda. In particular, we, th we think the following things will be looked at closely by the Biden administration. The under 21 interstate driver pilot program. That has been resisted by a lot of the safety uh, groups and by the organized labor groups. We think the Biden administration will say, maybe we shouldn't go through with that pilot program. Similarly, the split duty period pilot program where drivers can delay their hours of service recording for between 30 minutes and three hours once a day. That again will come under scrutiny and may be delayed may be dropped. We've recently had a final rule come out from the Department of Labor on the definition of independent contractor and, and the factors that go into consideration of that. That is a hot button item for organized labor, and it's also a, a big hot button item for those who want to see government funding because, of course, with independent contractors, employers no longer need to withhold taxes and Social Security. That is now a final rule. It's on the books. So it will take some steps to undo it by the Biden administration. But in the meantime, uh, as, as often is the case, the Department of Labor under the Biden administration will not be particularly active in enforcing this new final rule. Warren, overall, how do you see FMCSA changing when it comes to the thinking behind regulations with a change in administrations? I know you've got some personal experience with this because you joined FMCSA and the George W. Bush administration about two years after it replaced the Clinton administration. And as we just you know, talked about the change to the Biden administration, there, there comes in a little bit different political viewpoint as to what is the role of government. And I think one of the things that the Biden administration, will, how they will differ from the Trump administration, came up in the hours of service regulations that were just announced last September. We saw there for the, for the first time ever, frankly, that FMCSA justified the hours of service changes by saying they were safety and health neutral. That is, they were a different way of going about and achieving the same results that FMCSA is told they must do, you know, improving safety on the highways and protecting driver health. But that phrase has not been used before, safety and health neutral. I think that phrase will be discarded by the Biden administration. And the Biden administration will say, we are to be positive and proactive on safety and driver health and not neutral. I think another major change we will see under the Biden administration is paying attention to how drivers are paid. Driver detention is a huge issue, as we know in the industry. And 
even under the Trump administration, FMCSA has begun collecting data on driver detention. The difficulty is FMCSA can only do what Congress says it should do. All agencies have a congressional charter that says, here's what you should do and what you shouldn't do, what you must do and what you cannot do. At this point, FMCSA has not been given the direction by Congress to regulate shippers and receivers, which are the necessary steps to address driver detention. I think under a Biden administration and with the democratically controlled Congress, that can change. What do you see as being the biggest regulatory issues FMCSA will tackle in 2021? Well, we've talked, uh, touched on one of them already, Evan, and that's the speed limiters or speed governors. And ironically, as you pointed out, the Trump administration opened that door in the under-21 driver pilot project. We think the Biden administration will come forward with an actual proposal on that. And it will be buttressed, frankly, by what happened during COVID-19 and the pandemic. Uh, CVSA, the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, uh, the Law Enforcement uh, Trade Association, uh, conducts annual inspection numbers. And this past year, speeding was a major issue. Now, it was three times an issue for passenger vehicles as for trucks. But even for trucks, speeding was a major issue on the road. So we think speed limiters will be an issue that comes forward. We will also see more consideration of side underride guards on trailers. Now, we already have uh, rear underride guards. There have been proposals to require stronger underride guards, rear underride guards, as are used in Canada. But the fact is that manufacturing today of trailers is international in scope in North America. And most of the trailers we see uh, today already have the stronger rear underride guards. But side underride guards are not common here. You see a lot of aerodynamic devices on the side, but they're not strong enough to prevent the intrusion by a car. This will be a tough one. And it'll kind of split the democratic thinking on, on which way to go, because side underride guards that are strong enough to prevent intrusion by a car are heavier. And that means you're going to hit fuel economy, and that means you're going to affect emissions. It also means that trucks won't be able to carry as much in terms of cargo, so there'll be resistance from the industry itself, but it will be considered. We clearly are going to have insurance carried by by the trucking industry, by motor carriers, as a major issue. It's already being debated in Congress, and now we have a democratically controlled Congress, which has in the past year seen proposals of up to $5 million dollars Uh, as a minimum insurance requirement compared to the current $750,000 for non-hazardous cargo. There will be an increase, uh, you can bet on that, probably in more in the nature of $2 million. We think that FMCSA will come back on the CSA issue, the Compliance, Safety, and Accountability Program on the IRT. As I said, FMCSA has not moved forward on IRT because it requires significant data. So where we look for that data is what's called an information collection request that will be filed by FMCSA. And that is basically a notice to the public saying, we want to collect certain data, 
please provide your comments on why we should or should not. We believe there will be a pressure from the Biden administration to get to that data, which includes such things as what type of cargo carriers are carrying, uh, but also how they pay and how much they pay drivers. Kind of ties back to the driver detention issue where FMCSA will also want that data. Those are the major changes that we see coming in the Biden administration from FMCSA. Now, for the first time since 2011, Democrats will control both chambers of Congress. Warren, what does this mean when it comes to trucking legislation proposals in Congress, as well as proposed regulations from FMCSA? A little time here for a personal anecdote. My very second day as a FMCSA deputy administrator, uh, my boss, Administrator Annette Sandberg, called me into the office and said, here is the bro list. Bro was Senator John Bro of Louisiana, a Democrat, and he had a list of 31 regulations that FMCSA had not followed up, at least in the, the time span granted by Congress. And there was significant political pressure being put on the agency. So Administrator Sandberg said, look over this list and find the ones that we do not need to do or we can delay so we can get this political pressure off of us. So I called in our regulation writers, and we went through the 31 regulations. 15 of the 31 were direct mandates from Congress, write this regulation. A second 15 of the 31 regulations were required to implement programs that Congress said we must do. And then there was one regulation that was the bright idea and, frankly, a good idea of of one of our staff members. So we dropped that one. The point of the story, though, is Congress is the one that really generates regulations, either directly as a mandate or in adopting programs, which require some rules of the road, which is what regulations are. So with a democratically controlled Congress, we can see a different generation of regulations coming out of FMCSA because Congress says so. Those regulations will largely go, I believe, to driver pay. That's where the driver detention comes in. It will largely also largely go to insurance that must be carried, the minimum insurance requirements. Congress will come up with a level and FMCSA will dutifully follow up and issue a regulation along those lines. With a democratically controlled Congress, you could clearly see, as opposed to what happened under the Trump administration, more requirements being placed on business, on the motor carriers themselves. So that's the direction we see in a democratically controlled Congress. But the the point of the whole story at the beginning was that Congress is the one that steers this, not FMCSA itself. Based on what you just said here, as well as your experience at FMCSA, what proposals do you see that may come up in Congress that haven't been talked about in many years that could get some traction on Capitol Hill? That's a good question. Uh, That have not been talked about in a number of years is really the catch here. I'll go back to my, my time in office at the agency. We were still coming out of the era uh, when trucking was regulated, uh, economically regulated by the Interstate Commerce Commission at that time. And there were still vestiges of that in the regulations and even in the statutes, which we moved away from. I think what hasn't been talked about and may, may come about is whether government should, again, step into that role 
but not so much as to who can have what we used to call operating authority and become a trucking company, but in the sense of increasing on the companies that want to come into the, the trucking industry, in, increasing the steps they must take and the government approvals they must receive, such as showing in advance to becoming a trucking company or to expanding their operations, uh, how they are going to deal with driver pay, etc. So I don't see a return to the ICC, the Interstate Commerce Commission itself, as an independent body, but I see additional requirements to those who want to get into the business. That is Warren Heyman, former FMCSA Deputy Administrator, now a pre-pass consultant. Warren, I appreciate your insight. Thank you very much, Evan. And you can get more information about trucking regulations and how things look for the coming year by visiting the PrePass blog. Just go to prepass.com and click on the Resources tab. While you're there, you can also find informative white papers in the resource library, as well as listen to previous episodes of this podcast, as well as through your favorite podcasting service. You can follow PrePass on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. This has been Eyes on the Road presented by PrePass Safety Alliance. I'm Evan Lockridge. Thank you for listening. And remember to keep your eyes on the road.